Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome to the improved NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. My name is Matt. Sitting alongside me is Scott once again. Scott, how are you? Mixed feelings. Pretty pissed off, I could say, about the game against Cronulla. But hey, look at these new mics, eh? These look beautiful. Yes, we're both sitting here with our shiny new mics, so hopefully that is making a difference to your listening experience. Well, Scotty, let's get straight into it. The Bulldogs lost 20 points to 18 to the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks on Sunday afternoon in a close-fought battle. But what did you think? What did you think of the decision to Sylvan Brandon Wakem? Oh, you just opened up a can of worms. This, I would have to say, one of the worst calls this season. I've, I'm someone who backs the refs. I've got a soft spot for the referees as I've done match official work in other sports. But this sin binning, can I borrow MG's thing? Come on, man. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? Is that a sin bin? Well, he was still bid for um, repeat offence in the end. But look, I, as you just said, I don't like taking aim at referees either. But um, they do a damn hard job like every week and nobody would probably want to be in their shoes. Pressure job. But come on, Wakeham joins a tackle on Josh Dugan. Wasn't high. Wasn't a wrestle hold. Didn't slow down the play. But gets penalised for being too rough. Where the heck is that in the rule book? Then he gets thrown into the sin bin for a repeat offence. Shouldn't have been a penalty at all. But then from the next set, the Sharks go down the field, score a converted try, and in the end, they win the game by two points. Now, that's not to mention that it took referee Adam G six resets before putting a Shark in the bin in the first half. That set resets. Uh, and when he finally did put someone in the bin, it was at the best possible time for Cronulla. It was five minutes before half time. It means that the team... Uh, the rest of the team works harder for five minutes. They get a 12-minute break at halftime where they can plan what to do for the first five minutes of the second half, which they did by slowing down the play by kicking into touch every time they had the ball for that period of time. And another thing that annoyed me, I'm not sure what the commentators were going on about. It was clear that Sean Johnson was kicking the ball out to waste time on the cinnamon clock. Brandy was going out of his mind thinking, why are you slowing the game down just after halftime? Well, I've, I thought it was pretty clear. Watching the game, I knew what they were doing. They were waiting to get the 13th player back on the field and go 13 on 13. But the one thing I don't like is that Bryson Goodwin acts like a pork chop in his response to Braden Wakeham's tackle and gets rewarded for the penalty. Well, that's the other side of things, isn't it? If uh, Cronulla don't react, is it a penalty? I don't probably. think so. I don't right, think prob- it's a. Mm. That's right. Sorry. Probably not, eh? So, but later in that game. I do remember Goodwin and Hopawadi goes up for a kick and Goodwin takes over Hop takes accidentally takes Hopawadi out. What's it to say if a Bulldogs player gets up and acts like a pork chop? Would we get the penalty for a dangerous tackle? I don't know. Uh, look, the other point is Adam G, what's he doing refereeing a game every week? Well you got somebody uh, who's refereed over three hundred LRL games being a touch judge. Are you talking about the badge? Talk about the badge. Yeah. I don't know, like this. Gavin Badger's considered one of the best referees in the game by the fans' point of view and respected by the clubs. And we've got Adam G, who I think is a fine young ref who's done well assisting refereeing. But uh, Adam, you've got to wait your time. And it's Gavin Badger's still here and he's still refereeing. And he's one of the fittest ones still. So don't tell me he's not the fittest one. Where's, where's he refereeing? He's not refereeing this week, Gav. Again, he's just on the sidelines again. 
I don't know, Scotty. I reckon Adam G is a career touch judge. Nothing more. What about a pocket referee if they ever go back to that system? <laughs> Let's hope they don't. Footy, footy's been pretty good with the one ref. It's been great. Enjoying it. Um... Let's get into some positives of the game, I suppose. Uh, do you want to go through the scores? you got the scores there, uh, and then we'll go through our players of the week. Yep. So, Cronulla Sharks, again, won 20 points to 18. Big West Stadium on Sunday night. Uh, Sione Katoa scored three tries for the Sharks, and Bryson Goodwin scored a try. Sean Johnson converted two from four to the Bulldogs. Scored three tries. Will Hopawadi in the 27th minute. Kieran Ford in the 56th minute. And Christian Crunt with a coast-to-coast effort intercept in the 75th minute. Jacob Villio, perfect with the boot. Didn't he look good? Three from three. I'm going to highlight Christian Crichton being the most uh, run metres for the Bulldogs at 188. It, yes, it does help when you do a 90-metre intercept or 95-metre pl- intercept to score the try. Um, going to highlight Adam Elliott who made 125 metres. He got the try assist. Again, I said this last week, but I'll say it again. He's already proven to show that he's got a better short kicking game than Lachlan Lewis has ever had <laughs> with now a try assist. Not a repeat set, a try assist. Beautiful kick. Um, I want to highlight Kieran Holland. Did not look out of place in a hooker. He came on, played the number nine, and uh, just looked good there. Well, he's done that a number of times for us now. Um, and yeah. Comes on with a bit of uh, energy in the late of the half. Uh, we've seen that happen many times before. Um, so it's probably a wonder why it wasn't happening in previous weeks. But yeah, if it's good. You reckon Sienny Katoa's like, what can I do to get in the side? You know, a genuine number nine? Yeah, I wonder if his uh, lack of versatility maybe is uh, hurting him at the moment. It seems like Pay might be going after the... Um... Sorry, Dean Pay might be going after the players that could play in multiple positions. Possibly, possibly. Um, you want to go into your points for the game? Yeah, all right. Player of the week time, Scotty. And um, player of the week. Well, this week I've got two points to Adam Elliott and one point to Will Hopawati. I thought um, Adam Elliott is really taking on a leadership role at the club. Has been really taking to the new ball playing lock forward that is dominating the game at the moment. Yeah, he, uh, he had two great kicks in the last two weeks. Uh, and for not a loaded kicker, uh, they'll spot on the money. Uh, led to a try against the Sharks in the week before a goal line dropout. One point to William Hopawadi. Uh, having Will at fullback has given the side uh, more playing, more ball playing attacking options. It has really helped with our attacking shape. So I thought those two players stood out to me against the Sharks. Well, I've gone with a different two, which is amazing. We usually clash with at least one of them. But I'm going... So no bonus points. points this week, eh, Scotty? No bonus points, not at all. Um, I actually had Adam Elliott so close to getting the two points, but a few six again restarts were off the back of Adam Elliott. He was being involved in a few of them. So it kind of pulled me out of Adam Elliott. So I'm going two points for Jake Avilio. I think he looks dangerous. He played centre again, even though named on the wing. I was actually kind of excited to see him on the wing. He just looks he just looks dangerous all the time. Uh, unlucky not to score that try at the end with that accidental offside with Raymond Vitale and Mariner and Kieran Foran mix-up. Uh, deserved points. And I'm going to go one point for Dallin Wintelli-Zelezniak. Back on the wing... 
makes plenty of meters. He looks dangerous every time he's got the ball. And when he runs, like I said, he keeps running like he's 10 feet tall. So I'm going actually the two wingers. That's a bit of, that's a rare one. Wow. Blocker Roach from Fox League will be ripping his hair out. Listen to this podcast. You've got two wingers. Unbelievable, Scott. Well, actually, Jake did play centers, but listed on the wing, so it kind of ruined that. But yeah, I had. If you looked at the, uh, funny because Dallin was named at the centers, and they switched before kickoff their positions anyway. All right, the player of the week, top three, and we'll only do the top three from here on out. Aiden Tolman first with seven points. Kieran Foran second on six points, and Jake Avrilio's got four points there, Scotty. Can you just say Tolman, eh? Doesn't play for the last two weeks. It's easy for him. He's just racking up the points. He said, you know what? I'll just do a COVID scare and have two weeks off and see if I'm still leading. I reckon he said. I'll tell you what, Scotty. It's probably a good thing we are recording this podcast on a Wednesday night because if we recorded this on even as late as Monday night, I think this first podcast with the new microphones would have been unlistenable because I would have just been yelling into the mic how annoyed I was over the weekend. We've already gone through what we thought of the refereeing performance um, between oh, during the game with the Bulldogs and the Sharks, but there was another thing that pissed me off over the week, Scott, and uh, this uh, news reporting of the coaching saga. What is going on? Are they just trying to get people fired? Is it, is it the media's job to get people out of the job? Is that what their job is now? It just, I mean, we got Stephen Cooney out of the blue. Yeah, well, Paul, Paul McGregor. Dean Pay, all on the list. That's right, but it just seems like they're making up stories now. Like over the weekend, we had the fake news about Craig Bellamy. First, it was reported that Craig Bellamy had been approached to coach the Bulldogs and to replace Dean Pay, who was off contract at the end of this year. Now, within hours, we had the club come out and say Craig Bellamy hasn't been talked about for the job or approached. But that's not good enough for some reporters who need to fill column space. So then comes this story from Brent Reed, who claims, oh, wait. It wasn't the chair of the club. It wasn't the board of the club. It's these power brokers of the club who have no official role with the club, but have the power to get enough votes to replace people on the board. Yes, we know that club personalities can often do the bidding for their clubs or push for certain things to happen on the board. But the way this came across in this article, at least to me, was that this was a full-on conspiracy theory that uh, concludes with the bosses of the clubs aren't actually running the clubs, it's some dark guy who's sitting in the shadows, really holding all the power. Perhaps it's the same guy who really decides who the world leaders are, Scotty. I don't know. But spare me. And of course, a day after this, can we even call it a report? But Craig Bellamy is in the media for having to, because uh, he called up Dean Pay to let him know that he hasn't been approached from anyone from the club or on the club's behalf. As Bellamy said himself, and I quote, it irks me a bit. Anything can be written, and no one's accountable for it. Ouch. <laughs> uh, it's been a interesting time. Like he's, he's not the only one in the middle. The uh, great Wayne Bennett's in the middle of potentially coming to the Bulldogs and the Warriors and everything like that. Uh, he even lashed out today so much so, saying that you guys uh, don't even have to get anything right anymore you just make up the stories the only thing that's happening here is you guys wanting to fill he said wanting to fill a spot so yeah. similar thoughts yeah so i i jotted down these thoughts um two days ago but yeah you're right it, the same story has happened again this time with wayne bennett today it's um it's disappointing like it's it's an insult really to fans um 
who want to actually listen to some news about the game or uh, talk about uh, what's happening on the field. We just get delivered this tripe. So where's the questions that Craig Bellamy's team, when he spoke about this, lost to the Panthers last week? No questions on the 21-14 loss. No questions on the missing of Josh Adokar. I know he was was because his wife or his partner was pregnant. But there was no questions on the actual game or thought Josh Adokar would have made a difference. There was no opinion questions. There was nothing about maybe the controversial call of Nathan Cleary taking a dive. Wayne Bennett comes into the press conference. No questions about the game against Panthers on Friday for them. No questions about who they're looking to attack and who they're looking to compete with. No questions about this week's game. No promotion about this week's game. I know we can't get crowds in there yet or any decent-sized crowds, but let's build up the hype for the game this week. Like, Let's not talk about Dean Pay's coaching job. Why don't we talk about, like, on this week, uh, we've got Moses M by Josh Reynolds against our old club. Well, how about we do that? Let's do that right now. Uh, we're up against the West Tigers this week. Um, and as you brought up, two ex-Bulldogs in the opposition team, Josh Reynolds and Moses Mbaye. And I'll tell you what, Scotty, uh, just seeing Josh Reynolds in the last couple of weeks in the West Tigers jersey, it still does not look right. Can we say bring him home? He's been playing such good footy. He looks good in the... Uh, not in the Tigers jersey. He looks ugly in the Tigers jersey, but he's looking good on the field, playing some pretty good footy at 5'8". Yeah, holding our former New Zealand captain, Benji Marshall, out of the squad. Uh, our squad this week uh, was named this way. Will Hopawadi has retained his spot at the fullback. Robert Smith and Dallin Watelli to Lesliak on the wings. Kieran Holland and Jake Avrilio in the centres. Kieran Foran and Brandon Wakeham are the halves. Up forward, Rodolf Tuamunga, Jeremy Marshall-King, Dylan Napa, Josh Jackson, who's the captain, Ray Milford, Tala Mariner, and Adam Elliott. Um, interesting to note that Jackson, Fatala, Mariner, and Elliott are pretty much playing 80 minutes every single week. So that helps with our rotation off the bench, which is great, because uh, we don't have the biggest depth on the bench, in my opinion. Uh, the bench this weekend, Jack Hogger, Dean Britt, Suaso Su, and Ofta Hickey Ogden. Suaso Su, I should say, and Ofta Hickey Ogden. Reserve Sioni Katoa, so maybe he might get put in there. Lockwell Lewis, Aidan Tolman, and Nick Meany. Of course, Aiden Tolman's in there on the off chance that he will be back in the Bulldogs bubble and able to play this weekend. Oh, he's in. Tolman's in. He'll be driving to the game 20 minutes before it kicks off if he has to. I'm reckon Tolman's straight in the starting the starting side at his number eight. Well, obviously wearing the 21 jersey, but he'll be in that starting front row position. I can tell you that much. I reckon he's in. Uh, he'll probably come in for Ogden, I would imagine with Renoff jumping back on the bench. There you go. You've heard it here first. And, Scotty, what's the uh, thing that excites you most this weekend for this upcoming clash? And do you think we'll win? Um, I Actually, we do have a good record. Tigers have got a history of actually losing games they're meant to win. Uh, so that makes me feel somewhat confident. They've actually been riddled with a few injuries up front this week. Uh if we get Tolman back, that will tighten up the middle third. I think we've been a bit easy through the middle the last few weeks without Tolman. I think he tightens it up. Uh, and I'm really excited to see Remus Smith back on the wing. He goes back on the wing due to Christian Crichton being suspended and missing this week's match for a shoulder charge. So, can we win? Yeah, we definitely can win. I feel somewhat confident. 
Do we deserve to be the favourites? Oh, definitely not. Do you think Robert Smith will play on the wing, or do you reckon there'll be another shuffle? There seems to be a shuffle allowed uh, free quarterbacks every week. Well, I'm going to just say this. If Raymond Smith is not on the wing, I don't think he deserves a regular top-grade spot. There you go. We're hard-hitting today, aren't we? Must it be just, the mics. <laughs> the mics are just brothers. I feel like Remus brings so much on the wing, like you said, the big, rangy, tall, speedy winger. And I think there's nothing wrong being a winger. It's good. You're a top-grade spot player. And Avilio has shown he's a great center at this current point in his career. Just get him the ball, I reckon. He just um, skips and jumps back across field and uh, beats one or two defenders straight away and he looks at our best attacking threat uh, as far as running the ball goes. Uh, hopefully we go out and play with the confidence that um, comes from the news that sounds like Dean Pay will be backed by the board at least to the end of this season. I mean, he should be at the very least, in my opinion, that um, he... Again, we keep saying this, and I say this again. I agree with what Andrew Voss said last year. If you're going to give him a real go, 2021 is the minimum the Bulldogs have to keep him for. That you look at the squad, there's not much there. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see if the Jack Cogger and Wakeham. It wouldn't overly shock me, to be honest, if Jack Cogger sneaks in the starting lineup and putting Wakeham back on the bench. Wakeham, uh, I felt, added some variety in the kicking game and played. Good footy, but when he actually got Sinbin, he was quite—he was very quiet. Uh, there was a few plays where he looked good in the sense of, you know, the, directing the team, and then he he missed one with a forward pass against the Cronulla, and then he looked a bit quiet in the second half after his Sinbinning. Might have put him in his shell. I know he might have felt like he let the team down. Like you said, they convert. They got a converted try. The Cronulla Sharks after it. So if Wakem does play, hopefully he can bring that confidence. Hopefully he doesn't get. Right, because I feel like he looked from the outside looking in, his confidence was definitely hit after that sin bidding. But it'd be interesting to see how Jack Cogger's used on the bench. Like you said, he has played a little bit of hooker off the bench before if Cogger does get that bench spot. And also he covers the halves quite nicely, but he can't cover the outside backs. That's all true. And the referee for this week for the Bulldogs is Henry Parilaro, so we won't have another G up. Very nice. <laughs> All right, it's uh, start of the week time, Scotty. And um, I don't know how I feel about the start of the week. The Bulldogs currently have the highest number of decoys in 2020 with 297. Well, that's fascinating. You just you must have Googled hard for that one because I don't know who's coming second or third on that stat. <laughs> it's actually the, the Cowboys and the Dragons are up there. So, Ooh. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking maybe high number of decoys made a lot of block play and a lot of predictable attack, especially in those early rounds. Yeah, it's quite uh, fascinating now that, uh, yeah, it's just when you get in the attack of the block, block, sweep around, uh, pass, it's interesting attack. It's quite predictable that Melbourne made very popular years back and well, owned it. Well, yeah, the game's changed since then, but it's quite telling that um, the uh, the teams like the Melbourne Storm, the Sydney Roosters, Penrith Panthers, Paramount Eels are not in the top five for decoys this year. Mm, play what you see. I reckon it's with that new six again rule, you have to play more what you see. And that's why I think Lachlan Lewis, the fall of Lachlan Lewis as well, is that he's someone who of almost robotic. He needs to have his robot moments. So you kick 
you know, it's like when you play what you see, that Lachlan just doesn't have that ability to play what he sees. Maybe that's why Wakeham's got the nod and Coggers looks like he's the next cap off the rank in the half if it, it doesn't work out. Um, yeah, we've got to stop the blocks, lower them down a little bit. All right, and just before we finish on this week's game, the head-to-head stat. Uh, well, before we do that, it's the West Tigers' 500th NRL game this week. So congratulations to the club. Fascinating. That's I don't like when there's stats like that because that usually means they win. Oh, I don't know. Do, do the Tigers have a record of winning the milestone games or not? I'm not too sure, but they always lose games they're meant to win. That's their. That's why they keep coming ninth. They struggle to put te- the bottom teams away, and they go well against the the better teams in the competition. So, no Melbourne have an issue winning uh, milestone games at the moment. Oh, even with Craig Bellamy as a coach, jeez. Yeah. I think a lot of the players have like lost their 50th, their 100th, their 150th games down in Melbourne. All right. And, and Cameron Smith's 500. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> just keeps on happening. All right. Uh, head-to-head, uh, the Dogs and the Tigers, or the West Tigers, have played 37 times. The Bulldogs won 23, 13 losses, and a draw. So quite dominant there. Let's hope it continues this week. I like that because we haven't had a, any of those in a while. A good dominant lead. It's always been 50 or and the other teams favour slightly since we've been doing the head-to-head stats, so I do like this one. And just because I'm a bit of a stats nerd, I've put together the combined histories of the Bellman Tigers, the Western Suburbs Magpies, and the West Tigers. Uh, we've played 312 times against those three combined, 158 wins, 141 losses, and 13 draws. So is all the draws coming against the West Tigers? Did I hear that correctly, the 13 draws? No, no, one, one draw against the West Tigers. Oh, uh, 13 okay. draws against Belmarine, Western Suburbs, and the West Tigers. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, geez, that would have been fascinating if that was a stat. All right, Scotty, it's time to hand the podcast over to you. If you have any news or topics for discussion, bring it up now, or let's get into old Well, let's get the the, uh, the topic rolling, I actually think that we need to bring this one up because it's actually a fascinating news story that's been just reported, suggested, so I thought we'd have a quick chat about it, is could Kieran Foran be on his way to the West Tigers? That's the report circling away on, around uh, the Moles reported it, and there's a few little links saying that they're looking for him to replace Benji Marshall at the Tigers next year. Sorry, did you say the Mole is reporting it? Yeah, I know it's not the greatest re- like the source, but it's just fascinating that Kieran Florence came out in the past saying he owes a lot to the Bulldogs for being loyal to him and taking a lot of money. So it's fascinating that if we don't offer him a, if we did offer him a contract, that he would leave because he, the way he's talked, he spoke about repaying the Bulldogs' faith. And if the Bulldogs have offered him something, the Tigers have offered him more, and he took it. Just seems a little bit interesting to me. Yeah, I was under the impression that um, it was almost a foregone conclusion that Foran will stay at the club next year on a much reduced contract. So interesting to see the Tigers, if the Tigers are throwing their hat in, uh, whether that changes anything from Kieran's perspective or not. Uh, you'd hope not. Uh, I don't want to lose him. I, I want him to stick around and become the on-field halves coach for the next few years. Yeah, we, we definitely need someone senior. So if he does go, I don't know anyone who's actually available who has played... 200 plus games or 150 plus games who's also an international who's dominant and well Benji Marshall well there we go do we sign Benji I don't know no I'm just kidding but that was just a report circulating around the social media stuff and also I just want to quickly bring up before we go to the old dog uh I don't know if you heard the Alan Elliott's uh interview with Steve Blocker Roach 
another one who's came off contract. You got your two points today. Uh, doesn't sound overly positive on my end when I had listened to it. Didn't sound as a positive person that he's actually staying at the club beyond 2020. Looks like, to me, hopefully I'm wrong. The way I interpreted it, that I'm pretty sure he's all but gone from the Bulldogs. I don't know, because I actually interpreted it the other way. I interpreted it as just him trying to sell himself, get as much money as he can out of the contract. Um, but I, I, from that interview, I thought he'd still remain with the Bulldogs. Interesting. I just got the part from when he said how he loves the club and he would like stand in front of a train for the club, which was, well, I thought, this is a good start. And then he said, you know, I'm at that stage, of the, I'm in the middle of my career now. I've got a family. I've got to not stop thinking with my heart. I've got to do things with my head. So to, to me, when he said start saying that part, I was thinking, oh, dear, have we lost Adam Elliott? Because he's been impressive this year, like you said. He's been a great number 13. He's actually got a ball-playing thing. We found out he's got a really good short-kicking game out of nowhere. So he looks like he's starting to flourish, and I would hate to lose him in the middle of his career where his prime would be happening. Yeah, he's just coming, you're right. He's just coming into his prime now. Um, it's obvious that he's worked on those like, short-passing game and kicking game in the off-season. So it's good to see that flourish now. Um. He's turning himself slightly into uh, a uh, Jake Dubrovich type of, a Victor Radley type of lock, which is great. Um, look, I I just think he's talking, he's trying to increase that dollar value at the club, but I, I believe he will stay. It will shock me if he does get. Well, that's interesting. I hope you're right. I hope you're 100% because like, like we just touched how good he's been. So hopefully, Matthew, you're right on Adam Elliott. It's my favourite time of the, the show. It's where I get to actually have full control where this uh, goes. So that's where you get a little bit nervous, I think, Matthew, every time I see you. Uh, you're going to be impressed with how I link this old dog. You know I like linking my old dogs together. So this one you'll be quite impressed with. I've picked a player who's played for the Bulldogs. He debuted in 1998, departed the club in 2003, which is a little bit unfortunate for him after we know the 04 grand final. He played 101 games for 38 tries. He then went off to England playing 151 games for St. Helens for 66 tries, 25 games for Salford for four tries. Uh, he was the big, big, big centre, Willie Talao. Yes, Willie Talao. And uh, good connection this week. Willie Talao's uh, son is playing on the wing for the West Tigers. So um, good connection there. Willie Talao... Um, Big, big, big centre. Um, very consistent. You always knew what you are going to get out of Willie Talao. Great defensive centre as well. So much so. A career highlight for him, apart from you know playing all those games for such proud clubs, with especially the Bulldogs and St. Helens, is that he made my all-time favourite Bulldogs team at centre. We were doing that last year. There you go. Go back and listen to those old episodes if you'd like. Uh, Willie Talao is definitely a club legend. Yeah. How about this, right? He's played 101 games, unfortunately leaves in uh, 2003, at the end of 2003. But how about that? He played in 98, 2-0-3, 62% winning rate. He was in a great side. To play 100 games for the Bulldogs, I reckon, in that era, if he was coming around today, playing in today's era, he'd be a permanent every... He'd be playing 250 games. The Bulldogs wouldn't let him go at all. He played in such a great era. To, to cap up 100, I reckon that's... A better milestone than 200 in today's side, I reckon. There you go. And then uh, he went on to play Super League. And I remember <laughs> I remember watching a Super League game maybe about 2008. 
and I saw Willie Talal running around, and I was like, he's still going, because I always assumed then that Super League was to retire, but he did play a long career in Super League, 152 games, 66 tries uh, for St. Helens, which is another proud club where another old Bulldogs, James Graham's heading back to this shortly, and then he played for Salford for two seasons, 25 games for four tries. Uh, like you said, you knew what you are going to get from him. I, just, I don't know. I love a good defensive centre. I love a big centre. He becomes a lot in attack. Uh, today, like his strike rate is pretty good. Um, again, like I said, I've named him on my side. I really like Willie Talao and I was waiting to use him, just trying to link him in somehow. I was hoping would versus St. Helens in a World Club Challenge game so I could do a former Bulldog and St. Helen. But I've used the uh, connection with Tommy, like, you, like you've already mentioned, to, to bring Willie Talao in. And uh, yeah, I love Willie. Do you have any good stories about Willie Talao? I just remember him being a solid, uh, consistent player in our side. Um, he wasn't a flashy player. I remember watching him go and um, he, like he wasn't the most fashionable player. I remember that, and uh, you could like compare him to players like Nigel Vongenauer and Ben Harris's and other attacking centers that we've had with some flair. He wasn't that type of player, and I think uh, maybe he doesn't get some credit because of that. Uh, he was a little bit like that uh, in his younger years. But uh, he definitely deserves a credit. He did. He did end up playing 13 Test matches for New Zealand and two for Samoa as well. On top of all that, so Willie Talao, the old dog of the week. Well, I was about to mention that, but he's also born in Samoa. I've, how yeah, good is that? APR as well. Yeah. I was going to mention the international ones, and I was, that was my next part, and you just took over it. So I thought I'll quickly just chuck in. He was born in Samoa. Alrighty, uh, before we finish this week's episode, Scotty, um, let's talk about a few things that might be upcoming. So we've got two possible special guests on the uh, podcast, which we won't mention, but hopefully they come through this year, which is really exciting for us. Uh, so we'll just let people uh, speculate about what that is all about. Uh, one of the people may have been mentioned on this podcast recently uh and i think we're going to try to get a few uh, other fans on the podcast in the next couple of weeks as well hey yeah when we get some time hey when we both have a day off it's rare that we get a day off and try to select a or a night where we can do a recording so we'll see if we can get uh the uh another fan on the podcast shortly so we the three of us can have a chat and have a bit of fun yeah that's right so if you've been in contact with us uh, we'll be looking to get that done in the next, I don't know, six weeks or so. It's a couple of people lining up. So we'll try to get as many people on here as we possibly can. What about the email received this week? I almost forgot. Do you want to read it out? Well, you know I don't actually have access. I'm the only one who doesn't actually have access to this email. <laughs> Everyone else does who's involved in the podcast except for me. So I actually said that so you could read it out to everyone. And I think uh, it's a good one. So... All right, I'm just pulling it up. So it's been a while since we have got a uh, an email, but it's nice to have the love. Um, hi, Matt and Scotty. Uh, Heather and I listen to your podcast each week and love every bit of it. Well done, boys. Keep up the good work. All right, that's all for this week's podcast. Um, if you want to get in contact us, Scott, you've got all that information. Yeah, you can get on with us with Twitter, uh, which seems to be our most popular, at NRL Bulldogs Fans. We've got our Instagram page, so don't forget, if you're on Instagram, give us a follow, at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. 
flick us an email. I won't be able to read it anyway. Someone will tell me that it's come through, but you'll you'll be, be able to read it, and the other people off will be able to read it at nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. There we go. And until next week, uh, goodbye for now. Hopefully next week we lock the planning about uh, the way a game's refereed. Let's hope. Have a good week, everyone. Also, if you disagree with uh, anything that we say, also reach out uh, or send us an audio message on Anchor. Uh, we will play that as well. If you believe that Brandon Wakeham should have been sin for what he did, let us know. Uh, and we'll come back to it, of course, uh, in the next episode. So that goes with anything that we say or anything that's brought up on the podcast or on the social medias that uh, Scott's just uh, detailed. Uh, let us know and get your voice on here as well.